This podcast has conversations around different mental health experiences that may be distressing for some people. If that doesn't feel like something you want to explore today, you might want to visit another podcast and come back to us another time. Discovery College acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises their continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past and present. They have never ceded sovereignty. In this podcast, we share stories that help us learn from each other, connect us and inspire growth. We want to acknowledge that this way of being, of coming together to share knowledge and stories, is a tradition that has already existed on this land for hundreds of thousands of years as a part of the culture of First Nations people. Discovery College acknowledges the views shared in this podcast are about mental health experiences, but are not a substitute for professional mental health advice and support. The views in this podcast are not the views of Alfred Health, but are the views of the individuals we've had conversations with. The stories we share on this podcast aren't just stories, but memories of the people who have bravely shared their experiences with us. Remember to take care of yourself as you listen, as well as to take care of the stories that you hear. conversation about the profound experience of extreme states. When we speak about extreme states, we want to explore a more humanistic way to understand people's experiences that aren't always shared by others. Each extreme state holds different meaning for each person, including those related to psychosis, depression, grief and addiction. As we chat with a variety of humans, we explore the important question, how can we respond to distress with greater compassion and humanity? Welcome back to the Extremely Human podcast titled, You Can Sit With Us. In this conversation, we chat with Chris about how the experiences of bipolar can feel, but also how we can learn and grow from them. Chris talks about the importance of inclusion and connection, having a vibe tribe, and dropping judgment when caring for people who are having a rough time. Welcome. We have been asking everybody the same question at the start of each episode. It is, can you tell us a disproportionate reaction you or someone you know has had to something? Thank you so much, Rachel and Lucy. I'm actually so excited to be here. I'm definitely able to give an answer to that question. I remember once I was dancing in the cafe with my mum, just having a bit of a boogie, just a bit of a jig. Did you? Jig, jig. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> <Saturday> morning. <laughs> just a little bit of a, I don't know, it wasn't even that out there actually. It was just moving my arms and stuff. And then my mum was like, you can't, you can't dance in public. And this was just after... Um, one of my like episodes where I was like almost hospitalized, um, for bipolar disorder, like having an episode. And then I was just like, because I was in that state of mind where I was just like, you know, if you all, I was just like, no, 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 you're going to watch me now. And I think I did it even harder at the time. <laughs> and I was just like moving around even more and stuff and like did a few spins. Cause I love to do a few spins. Like, and then, um, she got angry at me and then she like stormed off. And then I went up to her afterwards and I said, Mum, I was just dancing. Like, you got to just be a bit more lighthearted. Like, it was 
and I was getting better. Yeah. But I think it was just hard for her because like she was like, I don't know, like my mum is a great mum, beautiful, but like can be overprotective and like worry about what other people think. I feel like mums always cop it as getting like being the example of the disproportion. Yeah. yeah. Or just like. <laughs> I think it's because the reason why mums cop it with this disproportionate reaction question is because I think that, you know, we always want to like be ourselves, but then when we become unwell, like we become a different version. And usually mums are pretty switched on as to like when things start to change. I remember like there was when I first, you know, was going through an episode, I remember I was like in my room putting everything into the pyramids and baptizing myself with oil. And then my mum came in and she just screamed like, what are you doing? You're like, what? what's going on? Kind of thing. And she was really scared at the time. But I think like it was that kind of her viewing me in that state of mind, in that extreme state, she then went to get like help and support from Headspace. So we are here to talk about extreme states or how to be with people who are experiencing distress. What does being in an extreme state mean to you, Chris? So I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 19 and I'm very open with my diagnosis. I think it's important to aggravate positive change in society by being yourself and being authentic and I think like for me it's um an extreme state I as a someone that's experienced a living experience with bipolar disorder I've experienced like a really full-on mania and really depressed depression and then also in between like where things aren't exactly quite one way or the other like Mm -hmm. one of my least favorite um experiences of like a, a state is like when you're feeling um flat and there's no you know it's really hard to shift Mm. into one way or the other and when you're feeling flat it's like you just don't want to do anything and it's like probably my least favorite like emotion but it's like I've also so with the mania what that looks like is like you know rushing thoughts like because I think I'm almost like creating like you know magic you know Mm -hmm. to myself and um I'll often say strange things I've often thought I was Jesus Christ reincarnated Mm. and often the chosen one. So that's like the more of the mania. And then the depression is just, you know, feeling suicidal, um, feeling like you don't like belong in this world, feeling misunderstood and just really like feeling quite sad and lonely. But I think that like the mania is something that's seen by everyone because when you're manic, everyone can see how you're acting. Whereas like when you're depressed, it's, not as noticeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when I first was diagnosed with bipolar, I actually was depressed for about six months. I was doing a, a course in psychology mm-hmm. and I hated it. And I really wanted to do something in music actually. Mm-hmm. And then after six months of being like, you know, staying up all night to like 3am crying because I couldn't get my assignments in time. I went back to university and then I was manic and that extreme state was seen by everyone. It was really mm-hmm. embarrassing for me at the time because I was in a uni, a uni course where I had a lecture at one stage and I went in front of all of the people in the lecture theatre and it was like, oh, you have to believe this and that. And I had this thing where I thought that you had to have use your left and right hands. Like I thought it was strange that human beings only have, they usually only choose their right or their left. And I was like, you know, when your, your brain <laughs> becomes, you know, more like in tune with everything in the universe and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like you'll be able to mm-hmm. use both hands and yeah. Yeah. That was like really, I guess for me, like looking back, that was extreme because mm-hmm. it was publicized. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, like I think that like 
often like when you're going through these states, you actually don't realize you're going through them. Mm-hmm. And usually yeah. like, yeah. So it doesn't feel extreme at the time when you're in them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. I feel like it's not until you come down like from a high or a manic episode, like uh manic episode is like, can be experienced in different ways by different people. But like when you come down, it's almost like you've been drunk or taken drugs and you've forgotten your night mm. out. Yeah. And you and you got this hangover and you're anxious about all the things you said and did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, does it feel like it's not within your character when you're in that? Or why does it feel why do you feel anxious about what happened? I think I feel anxious about what happened because it, it isn't in my character. Like I'm a outgoing, charismatic, happy go lucky guy. Yeah. But I think that like, yeah, definitely like acting like you're Jesus or God or that you know all the secrets of the universe. Mm. Like it's like it, it scares it scared a lot of people at the time. Yeah. And that's I guess how people become ostracized and they get pushed away because, you know, when you're experiencing this extreme state, you think you're just you're like you're it. You're the chosen yeah. one. You've got everything going on. Yes. And and then when you come back down to earth, it kind of adds to the depression, like when mm. you're going into a depressive episode, because I feel like it's like, oh, all these, because I, when I was 21 and I went through this, one of my episodes, all my friends, gone, you know, yeah, they were gone, really? not interested in me anymore. Mm, they were wow. scared by how I was acting. Um, and I think like a lot's changed. In, like that was about 10 years ago now. Yeah. But I think, it, yeah, that was something for me. Like I felt like that year, 2012 was funny because that was the meant to be the year that everything ended. Yes. Like, you know, the world was over. Yes. But that was the world was over for me. <laughs> it was like the whole, most horrible year for me. Um, yeah. And I just, I felt really lonely. And I think, I don't know, like I think that maybe people didn't understand, but I do think people can do better. Mm. Yeah. Well, I really want to hear more about how people can do better, but I was really interested in what you said that 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 coming down and feeling ostracized contributes to the extreme low. Mm. Is that is that right? I feel like that is something that definitely contributes because you feel like you're very alone because you go through this experience where you feel like you're connected to everything, connected to the universe connected to you kind of have this feeling where you're in tune, you're in sync. And then to go through when you have the depression, um, yeah. Like I just feel like I used to literally go to McDonald's or KFC every day, like once a day, that was my way of like coping. I didn't have any friends at the time. And I was like, all right, is it McDonald's or KFC today? (laughs) Which one? Spin the wheel. Which one is spin the the wheel? (laughs) Exactly. And it was like, there wasn't a yeah. lot of joy in my life when I went through the depression. Like I think that the depression is a lot harder to go through because you're constantly trying to lift yourself up after you've been pushed away or ostracized or things like that. Like, But the difference is, is that as I've gotten older and as I've gotten more in tune with myself and as I understand my condition more, I realize that whether I'm manic whether I'm depressed or whether I'm uh, at a good level, like where I'm feeling good. A lot of people call it baseline. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite term mm-hmm. um, only because like, I feel like baseline, it's like a permanent baseline, like a permanent level of being like, you're only when you're stable, you're only at like this certain 
which is not the case. Like I think like you can have depressed days or manic days or yeah. you might mm. not sleep one night and then you have the next day you're feeling like you got adrenaline rushing through you. Yeah. But I feel like as I've gotten older and with psychology, I've realized that this is all me. Yeah. Like everything that I've been through, everything that I've been, whether it's an extreme state of a high or a low, it's still me. It's just another version of me. And once I got to learn how to accept that, and once I got to learn that I was like, you know what, like I do have an underlying mental illness or I do have a living experience, Mm -hmm. it allowed me to kind of, you know, like, when I do go through like depression now, mm. compared compared back th- to back then, Rachel, where I felt ostracized, mm-hmm. now I feel like you know I might just have a day where I eat some junk food and watch a movie and be compassionate to myself mm-hmm. and learn how to treat myself better. Whereas back ten years ago, I was just couldn't stop thinking about how I acted in front of other people. If that makes that sense. does make sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've really learned to respond to yourself differently. I feel like that's the thing. You have to learn how to to respond to yourself differently, like in order to regulate yourself and in order to – because I don't – if I'm sad now, I actually allow myself to be sad. I cry. I might put on a sad movie. Mm -hmm. I might listen to sad music and and just cry. And I allow myself that because I feel like emotions are so important and feelings are so important, whereas when I was younger – I used to be a people pleaser and I used to kind of say that side of myself, the depressed side of myself, I never showed anyone. Like that side mm-hmm. of myself that was up at 3 a.m. doing those ex- like ex- exam notes or doing those like, you know, whatever I was doing at uni. Mm-hmm. I just, it was different for me back then because I never showed my vulnerability. And like I, ne- I was always trying to keep that side of me away. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now... I think sadness is beautiful. Like I think there's yeah. something beautiful about just what do you think? Like do you like about emotions? Like do you think that they all have a place or Absolutely. Like I love a good crying session. Look mm. forward to it. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So healing. It is. Yeah. And it's like and human. And human. <laughs> and human. Yeah. But it mm. kind of sounds like, Chris, that you're learning more about yourself or each time that it's happening, it's revealing something about you more. When we have the term relapse Relapse. and things, Mm. kind of implies that people are taking a step backwards, Mm. but it might actually be a step forward in getting to know yourself and healing. Mm. What do you think about that? I love that because I think that like healing is a big thing. Like I think that we can be healing across our life. And I think that there's no one time where like we don't learn Mm -hmm. or we don't heal. And it was interesting because my psychologist, he said to me, Chris, every time you consider that you go and you think about like in quotation marks, like a relapse, you're actually going through growth. Yes. And the way he reframed that, it was very simple. Mm-hmm. But every time I think about anything that I go through now, like whether I'm on a high, low, whatever, I think it's just growth. Because mm. every single time I, I've i gone through something like an episode, like I did that time, like I was hospitalized and the aftermath of that was really depressed and I was mm-hmm. really... I wasn't in a good place. And like, I remember I was suicidal at the time, which is the start of 2021. And I was just like, I don't want to be in this world anymore. I honestly, I just don't know why I'm having to go through all these things. Like I felt like a bit hopeless and a bit victim, victim like, Mm -hmm. and then I ended up telling, you know, um, I ended up telling both my mom and my best friend and both had the same reaction. Like 
they didn't want to hear it, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Mm. And I think I just was like, I just was really firm. I said, no, you're going to have to hear it. You're going to have to listen to it because this is the way I feel. And in order for me to process what I'm going through and accept what I'm going through, I need to tell you that I'm not feeling like I want to be in this world anymore. Yeah. And I had to push through. And both of them came you know, with such support afterwards and everything like that. And over time, like within a few weeks, I wasn't feeling suicidal anymore. So I think that like, you know, that was for me, I, I took the, one of my psychologists said like, take a relapse as growth. And I just thought, you know, well, I need to be a strong person. I need to be vulnerable. I need to tell people how I feel and I need to reach out because mm-hmm. I'm going through a distress mm-hmm. and I need to figure this out. So I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. The way, if you can kind of look at things in a different way, I feel like the, the episodes that happened, like at the end of 2020 and 2021, and then later on in the year, I had another manic episode, mm-hmm. but I kind of bounced back from them a lot quicker. Yeah. And every time I've had some sort of episode, I've gotten to know myself better. Yeah. I think it's important for all of us as human beings to get to know how to like regulate ourselves. Yeah. And like how to like, cope like yeah. in different situations yeah. and not worrying about how i'm perceived mm. but just focusing on reaching out yeah yes because it's it's sharing the load with someone else yeah i was thinking the same thing what a kind of this might sound weird but i was thinking it's kind of feels like a bit of a gift to give your mom and your best friend to say i need you to hear this mm. just hear it i need you to hear it mm-hmm. i think it's yeah it's very you know, humans are very programmed to want to do the easy route. But I mm. reckon that, like, my nonna, when I was growing up, he used to say to me, Christopher, life life wasn't meant to be easy. <laughs> and I used to say to him, what are you talking about? Like, it's meant to be fun. It's <laughs> meant to be great, exciting, and all this stuff. And then I got to adulthood, and then I had a lot of responsibilities, like we all do. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, he's right. It wasn't meant to be easy. And I believe in life, you have to work hard on yourself, like, you know, like someone that's diagnosed with mental illness, automatically they're thrust into a position where they have to work on themselves. But I think everyone has to have some sort of self-care or some mm. sort of awareness mm-hmm. of who they are as well. Because if you kind of like go about life thinking that like the, the easy road is like you have to kind of. Mm. And think, yeah, like, and thinking that everything's just going to be given to you as well. Mm. I remember reading in the book, The Road Less Travelled. Um, and one of the first pages says, um, Along the lines of life's not meant to be easy, but when you when you act like it is, that's when the real pain comes in and the struggle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so true. But yeah. if you go with the lens of actually this isn't meant to be easy, no one said it was going to be easy, why am mm-hmm. I thinking that? You kind of go with a different mindset. If you assume that everything's always going to be easy, then you'll be shocked every time something's hard. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, every, every time you get to a point where, like, someone's, something happens to you and you're like, you won't be able to ever deal with anything. Mm. It's like, I, I have to bring my car to the mechanic like next week and it's going to cost me $800. Not what I would love, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's just part of life. Yeah. And you got to, I, I think that like for me, I, because I've ex- experienced these extreme states of like highs and lows and everything in between, like I've gotten to recognize it, like, you know, to surrender Yes. To like to the process of life a lot more. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Like I'm spiritual. Like I believe in God and the universe, and I believe in you know people attracting to each other because they're like minded and things like that. I do think that like when it comes to obstacles, 
last week I didn't know that I would have the obstacle of the mechanic, but then this week I did. And then <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's just the way it is. I have an old car. You know, yep. that's just the way, <laughs> like, that's just the way it is. Like, you can't. Totally. And I was thinking the same thing last weekend when it was nighttime, it was dark, it was raining, and I got locked out of my house. And I was like, I had oh. no phone, no keys to drive anywhere. Oh, and I gosh. was just thinking, I wish this wasn't happening right now. All my neighbors got around me and were like, people coming over with ladders to, like, get into my house. Oh, like, oh. everyone was banding together. <laughs> so, it's like... So I was actually thinking when I got inside my house, I'm like, I'm really glad that happened because it reminded me I have really good neighbours and people are good. Yeah. Because, like, if that never happened, I wouldn't have got that opportunity to just chat with my neighbours. Yeah. Yeah, I love that saying, cream rises to the top. Mm. You know, (laughs) they reminded me of with your neighbours and, you know, people go to the top when they're good people. I wonder what um, you were saying before, you think we can do better when you're talking about how we support people who are in extreme states. What do you think we can do better? I just wish that as a society we were more inclusive and more like more prone to helping people feel like they belong or have a sense of belonging. I think about the Mean Girls film and how like there's this one scene where they're like, don't sit with us. (laughs) And I just think we need to be the opposite. Like it's Mm -hmm, like I want you to sit with us. I Mm -hmm. want you to be involved. Mm -hmm. Like I went out clubbing on the weekend and there was this like man on the outskirt and he was like probably like, twice my age or whatever. Like it was on the outskirt of the um, dance floor. Mm-hmm. And like my friends were looking at him and I was like, why don't we just involve him? And I was like, come over. And he yeah. was dancing with us. <laughs> he got photos taken with us. Yes. Like the people from the nightclub were taking photos of him with us. And mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> I was just like, this is so cool. This is yeah. so cute. And I just feel like people need to like embrace others more like, I just feel like along along the course of time, like with social media and things like that, like, you know, we all use our phones and we all kind of are disconnected in some ways. But like, I just wish that people made more of an effort, like with your neighborhood. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that like when it comes to people that are going through like uh, extreme states of mind, like really depression, anxiety or mania, like when I was going through mania, I just wish, like, you know, like when I was younger, the people treated me like the same, but they just, like, maybe said, oh, Chris, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't have the right friends then. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that I I go, I bang on about a vibe tribe. So basically, a vibe tribe is um, essentially, I believe everyone vibrates on a certain frequency. And I believe that people are brought into your life, you know. And I think the thing is, is that, like, when you have a vibe tribe, they're people that you support and they support you equally. Everyone can find their people. And when you find your people, it should be that you're compatible. So you get along most of the time. And if you disagree, it's okay because you can see they give you another perspective. I think that for me, I honestly think that like in general, people can do better by being more supportive, by being more open-minded and less judgmental and more curious asking questions like what are you going through like Mm -hmm. i've told my family and my friends if i'm going through stuff to ask me like first are you okay Mm -hmm. then if it's like yes and then the second question are you stressed Mm -hmm. it gives people insight into the fact that you need support Uh do you know what i'm saying yeah like so like for me like when my mum said like are you okay i might be like say yes Mm -hmm. but then as she goes are you are you stressed? I say also yes. Mm-hmm. So is there anything I can do? I'm like, oh, can you just hear, hear me out? I need it. I need to just vent about this situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives the kind of tools for other people to support me better 
Mm-hmm. So asking me questions about how I'm actually feeling rather than judging me and saying, oh, you seem a bit racy or you seem a bit flat or you seem a bit this mm-hmm. or you seem that. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's good to observe, but it's also good to be curious and ask questions. Does that mm-hmm. make yeah, oh, like, Absolutely. Like, the curiosity yeah. is huge because mm-hmm. I feel like when something becomes foreign to us, like maybe you saying that you feel like you're Jesus Christ, some people mm-hmm. might freak out about that, mm-hmm. you know, and then that is what stops the curiosity. But if you actually explore, oh, what does it feel like to be like Jesus Christ? You're like, actually, it feels amazing. Then there's a whole different Mm. conversation that can open up rather than being fearful about everything all the time. Yeah, well, you can't be curious if you're being judgmental. Yeah, (laughs) You know, I think dropping judgment allows curiosity. And I think that we need to be more aware of how we interact with others and be kind because you just really, like, it's cliche, but you just don't know what another person is going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like the times that, like, someone, like, is, like, you know, I've had, you know, in the recent years I had relapses. So, like, 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. I actually had a relapse, not a relapse, but, like, I called it a hiccup this year because I went and did, um I'm a part of a pilot episode of a TV show and we filmed on set for eight days straight and I had the best time, but then I went straight back to work mm-hmm. and then I, I don't know, people started noticing things about me. Like I was acting a bit different, a bit strange and mm-hmm. saying some strange things and not able to regulate. This is only like four months ago. So these episodes can creep up on you at any point. And sometimes mm. if they creep up on you big time, if you don't listen to people and you just go about your things, it can become a full-blown like manic episode. I didn't realise it, but I overworked myself in the acting. In hindsight, I could have easily done the one day of acting and then not helped out, but I wanted to be on set and I wanted to feel the excitement. And I did. I was so excited. I loved it and everything Mm. like that. And then, like, my doctor said to me, I went and saw my doctor after, like, there's a few people at work saying, oh, you seem to be different and family and friends. And I went to my doctor and my psychologist and he's like, you're just, just being you, you know, you're just excited. Yeah. And, um, I don't want to change your medication because I want you to feel this excitement. I don't want to dull this down for you, which oh, wow. is a really good thing. Like, yeah. you know, like most of the yep. time, like, you know, people that are like doctors, they might want to prescribe more medication to kind mm. of dull Surprise. the senses. And mm. like, but he was like, I don't want to change this for you. And I honestly think that like, I would not do it any differently. I don't regret what I did because I got to experience what I was like on set. I've got a vibe tribe where I feel supported even when I'm going through these episodes, mm-hmm. which is so different to how I used to feel. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like not everybody with mental illness has this kind of support. I know, it really makes me think how the importance of feeling like you you belong somewhere or mm. belonging and acceptance allows that sort of non-judgmental support to happen. Mm. I think people are getting better at becoming more supportive, Mm. I think, for sure. Like, it's not all bad. Mm. But I do think that, like, the more that we can learn about ourselves, the more control that we have. If you're listening, like, and you've got someone that doesn't know how to support you, maybe, like, asking them to ask you those questions, like, are you okay? Are you stressed? Like, Mm. is there any way that I can support you? Do you want me to listen or do you want me to give advice? Yeah. Like, even that question, do you want me to listen or give advice, is really Mm. powerful because... Sometimes you need advice and sometimes you just want someone to listen. Mm-hmm. We're not fragile. Like, I think that, like, we might have gone through things that make us feel fragile sometimes, but we're not permanently fragile and chronic that mm. we can't figure out life, yeah. you know, and that we can't. Because, like, when things are provided for people, they're, like, they're acting like they're disabled, it just makes the people feel like that they can't do anything without the system. 
and they can't move on with their life. The thing is, is that I wish that more people would enable people to the point where they have autonomy, mm. where they have the freedom to take risks. Because like a lot of the time, you know, when people are depressed, they're like, what do I do with my life? What do I do? Mm. The best thing I felt like in my life, whenever I've gone through an episode of an extreme state, is to try. Mm-hmm. Try something different. Try something new. When I was uh, going through my stuff, I decided, you know what? I've been all my life, all my life saying to people, oh, you know, I won't do a music degree. I won't do this. I won't do that because it, apparently those degrees don't make you any money, which is the reason why I was encouraged not to do them. And I ended up doing psychology, which I hated. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting out of COVID and being like, let's do what I've always loved. And I think that like hobbies are a creative outlet are so important mm-hmm. for every human. Not yes. any, like it doesn't matter whether you've got an illness or not. So I did acting lessons and then I did an acting workshop. And then like last year, I did singing lessons all last year because I was like, I want to record my own song. So these things I hadn't done since I was like in high school because mm-hmm. like I kind of pushed them aside. And it's funny because like when I was diagnosed with bipolar, I felt like anytime I was manic, I was like, oh, Chris has got makeup on. Chris is unwell. Oh, Chris is doing his nails. Mm. Oh, Chris is um, doing his eyelashes. You know what? I've always been like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone that's eccentric. Now I finally feel like I'm, I can be creative and free yeah. and I can be Chris mm-hmm. and not related to the mania. Mm. That took a long time. To segue a little bit, I actually think it's a gift. It's funny because a lot of people probably would look at these experiences and think this is no, not a gift at all. This is being torture. I've had to go through extreme highs and lows. I call it my superpower. I call myself a bipolar bear. I've kind of owned it and took an ownership of it and accepted it. And I'm happy to talk about it. And even with my past, I can talk about all my things and I'm healed because I had like three years of therapy talking about all this stuff. I'm not affected by my past anymore. And even when I wrote the song, the reason I wrote the song was to overcome, it was about overcoming abuse. Mm-hmm. And it was about standing tall, rising from the ashes and becoming a bigger, stronger, better version of myself in hope that people that were listening to it also felt like that when they were listening to it. And so I actually think it could be a superpower. And then what I mean by that is because I've experienced these extreme states, I have the ability, like with my acting, for instance, because I've been really low and really high, mm. I can funnel that into acting into different ways. It's always seen mentalness as a negative thing. Yeah. But like I've written songs, you know, when I'm manic and I've done creative outlets and, I don't think it's all bad. I think that sometimes if you get better at like knowing yourself and riding the wave and people learning how to treat you better, mm-hmm. it's also a really positive thing as well. So we wanted to end the episode, all episodes, by asking if you've seen anyone sit with distress well. Oh, there's been a few actually. So one time, like, you know, when I was going through a manic episode, um, my cousin, like I went and stayed with him for about a week and he was very supportive. He never kind of talked to me in a different way. Like he just spoke to me as if everything was all good. And I've had a few of those experiences. There's someone else as well, another friend that like, we did a video call and he was playing guitar and I was singing to him, I don't know, probably for like an hour. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, I was just like singing away and, and he's like, do you remember that time when you were manic, Chris, that I like sang on the guitar with you, like over video call? I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been very lucky and privileged to have people around me um, that 
have been there for me and have supported me. Being there for someone, meeting them as they are, mm. is such a easy thing to do. Like you might mm. be a little bit more energetic or maybe mm. a little bit more down, but you're still you. You're still Christopher Stefano. <laughs> <laughs> still the same person, just mm. on the side. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank oh. you for coming. This has been epic. Yeah. Thank oh, you thank so you much. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you, yeah. Chris. What a fun and energetic episode with the one and only Chris Tofano. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I adored this conversation. Yeah. You know, it left me feeling a great amount of joy. Mm, me too. I love the part in this episode where Chris talks about following your passions and how important that is. When he said he was always interested in acting, but was sort of dissuaded from doing that because people mm. didn't think it was a good career path. But mm. I just feel like a lot of people in general, if you live your life in accordance with what you think other people want from you, that can contribute towards such like poor mentality and depression and anxiety. Yeah. I wonder, you know, how many people could relate to that in different mm. ways across their life. Yeah. You know, there's definitely to lesser extremes ways that I relate. It can be subtle. Yeah. It can be subtle. But when there's this disconnect with how you see yourself and how you think mm. the world around you sees you. Yeah. Can be really hard to reconcile. I've got to say, I've got to, I've got to make comment about the vibe tribe. Yeah. You know, I've always thought about how important it is to feel like you find your place and, mm-hmm. and how hard it is when you don't. Yeah. But that word vibe tribe, I will plagiarize that all the time now. Take I it. Love it. With it. <laughs> and I also just want to shout out that Chris has followed his passions and has released a song on all platforms called Like a Page, which is an awesome dance track for those wanting to have a bit of a boogie. It is excellent. You it know, is. I've had the lo- I had the absolute joy of riding in the car back from the recording with Chris and he played the song for me and it was so groovy. I so loved catchy. It, yeah. Get ready for an earworm. <laughs> He's done a great job and, you know, congratulations to him. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you enjoy Like a Page. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you wanted to stay in touch or learn more about Discovery College, please head to our website, discovery.college.